You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. Thank you all. I'm so excited to be preaching on this Mother's Day. I got to tell you all a secret. So um, when Pastor Todd and I met, (laughs) we both realized our commonalities in music, that we're both very musically talented. I would say very musically talented. At least you are. (laughs) I like to sing here and there. So um, we used to, I feel like, want to impress one another like you do whenever you meet someone that you like. You want to impress them. And so... (laughs) I would go to all of his little band gigs and um, go and support him and be excited for him. And he would always do a really good job. And after we got married, we were in the glorious, beautiful town of Midland. And there is nothing to do there but um, go to the movies, go to the mall, watch oil be pumped out of the ground, sandstorms, and go to Rockhounds games. And you say, what are Rockhounds? What is the Rockhounds? Well, Midland has a little minor league baseball team like we have here. Like the Railroaders, Midland has the Rockhounds. So they would open up the national anthem to be sang by people within the community in exchange for a free game. So we're young, married, poor. <laughs> so we're, we're down for a free game to the Rockhounds. So, <laughs> so Todd got us signed up. And he's like, okay, I have two dates left. I have this date in June, and then I have Labor Day weekend. And Todd's like, sure. So he got us signed up. He did his thing. Um, he wanted me to take Labor Day. That was all I thought was very generous of him. And I'm, what, what am I going to do but be like, hey, I'm going to impress him. So I get the Labor Day weekend, and Todd knew Labor Day weekend was going to be a packed out game because there's nothing to do in Midland. <laughs> And so we go there, and I get up to sing, and I start singing, and it's going beautifully. And then I get to, and the rocket's red glare, and I freeze. And I look behind me at Todd to help me, and he's frozen with the camera recording me because my parents couldn't be there. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And I look over, (laughs) and the coach of the rock hounds is going, and the rocket's red glare. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I, I snapped back into it and I was able to finish it. And needless to say, that was one of the most humiliating experiences of my entire life. <laughs> and um, I don't know, were you impressed? <laughs> Pastor Todd was scared. So anyway, so he chooses after we get married to not be a worship pastor anymore, to be a senior pastor. And then on top of that, he asks me to preach on Mother's Day <laughs> to the, one of the largest crowds that we ever get here at the church. So um, hopefully I will impress you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, I'm, I am excited to be here. I, I'm going to try to wager him to maybe 
give me Father's Day instead of Mother's Day. But this is my third annual Mother's Day to speak, and I've survived. (laughs) And I'm here again today, and I've already survived one service. So anyway, (laughs) so thank y'all for letting me be here. Um, Okay, so I wanted to start out by telling you, Pastor Todd gets to tell you about his family and me and my family, but I want you to hear, hear about my family from me. Is that okay? All right, so I've got a couple of pictures I brought. Um, The first picture is of my grandmother, Jan, my mom, Renee, my sister, and me. We were about to go to a conference, and um, I'm really proud of my family. The next picture is at a birthday party. I got to go. I Generally, I get to pick what I do on my birthday, generally, (laughs) so far. I've picked to go to medieval times. I like to do things family-oriented. I'm just kidding. Not not because of you. We have kids who are vying for our our time and attention, so... (laughs) Maddie's raising her hand. Um, so I picked to go to Medieval Times, and that was that was my birthday a few years ago. You can see Maddie was a little bitty then. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah? Remember the guy that they threw a rose to you? Yeah? <laughs> and then um, someone else that I have not gotten to meet, but I would like to introduce you to because she is an incredible woman, is my grandmother. It's my dad's mom. Um, her name is uh, Teresa Alcala. Teresa Alcala, and that's my grandpa. I'm very proud of them. That this was They went and had their picture made for their 50th wedding anniversary. So this was that. And then um, the next picture is them at the actual party before they cut their cake. <laughs> Let me tell you, they are some God-fearing people. They love the Lord, and they were very poor. Um, they, they grew up, or they, they lived and raised their family in Mundy, Texas. Anyone ever heard of it? It's a little bitty town in Knox County, <laughs> and there's, I think, one stoplight there. Not not much. There's not much there. I thought Midland was bad. I don't think I would want to grow up in Mundy. And Mundy is one of those towns that everybody knows everybody. The Alcala family was very well known and very well respected, which I'm very proud of too. Um, um, the next picture shows what symbolizes what they spent a lot of their time doing. And my grandmother was the women's ministry president for over 22 years. She served as that. And um, I just think it's really cool to look back. My aunt sent this to me earlier this week. I had no idea that she was the women's ministry president. But to me, that says a lot about the legacy that she has really pushed and prayed and planted into her family with strong roots um, because she has multiple family members who are in the ministry, including me, which is a huge honor. Um, but I've never got to meet this woman, but I'm, I'm, I respect her greatly. She is an incredible woman, and she had nine children, six boys, three girls. I know of one miscarriage she had, and she had my dad. And the reason this is so... Um, poignant to me is because my dad is the youngest at 39 years old. (laughs) I could not imagine. I'm 33. I have four now. I could not imagine. And then on top of that, I have four. And then I was thinking the other day, she had five more other kids. Five more. I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't, I can't imagine one more. (laughs) I love you, Maddie. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of sacrifice. Um, she served her community. Um, and as I said earlier, Alcala was a respected name. She served her family. She gave. This woman could have very little for food, and she would make it to feed their entire family. It's just incredible. They had a little, I think, a two-bedroom house. <laughs> it's tiny. Things were a lot different back then. Um, she passed away when she was 66 years old of a massive heart attack. Here, you know, she probably, something probably could have been done, but the Lord said it was time for her to come home. She went home, and I've never heard a negative word about her. Um, she is an incredible woman, and I know that y'all probably can relate. I'm sure that you all have family members in your life that you can look on, that you respected greatly, that you know that you're the person you are today because of who they are. So I'm very proud of that. <laughs> But we're going to go ahead and continue and talk about Jacobet. Didn't Kenzie do an awesome job? <laughs> I don't know where she went, but she did awesome. And then little baby Moses was so cute. He did so good. His, his little acting debut, two months old. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to Exodus 2. And Pastor Todd always plugs, we have a Hope Church Cleburne app. You can follow along with the sermon. You can give. You can sign up for groups. It's a great asset on your phone. We highly recommend it. If you want to follow along, that's also a way that you can do it and not be judged for being on your cell phone during the service. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So Exodus 2, let's learn about Jacobed. And honestly, Kenzie is on the creative team for sermons. Todd has a team that he consults with. They brainstorm to try and figure out, and they pray into what the Lord would would have for all of you. They plan it out far in advance. And I remember them all sitting in our living room, and Todd likes to have me there. I don't know why, because I don't have anything to contribute. I don't want to contribute anything to sermons. (laughs) And so I was there, and Todd's like, well, Mother's Day we're going to be having, we'll be doing a series on women of the Bible. And so Mother's Day, you're going to have one. So which one do you want to do? And I'm like, um, Mary. <laughs> and, and Kenzie was like, no, 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 no. You should do Jacobed. I'm like, who the heck is Jacobed? <laughs> I've never heard of her in my life. And it's like, can you not just give me someone easy? I just, whoever's easy. And she's like, no, you'll, you're fine. It's about sacrifice. You can do it. And I'm like, okay. She's, she is, has a lot of faith in me. <laughs> so let's learn about this woman who actually remains nameless in the Bible, to my knowledge. She, she, her name is never mentioned in this. Um, Pastor Todd, I'm always asking him questions. Well, why this? Why that? And when they took um, census at meetings and at families, if they say Moses had a family of 10, I'm just throwing that out there. It's not true. But um, they're not counting the women because women at that time were not, were not respected as they are today. So we know through the lineage of Jesus, through the lineage um, that is laid out in the, in the books to come. Have you all ever read Numbers? That's a fun one to, to go through. Just kidding. If you're wanting to start out to read the Bible, don't start in Numbers. Just a, just a word to the wise. <laughs> so um, she was not ever mentioned. It's scholars that figured out it was Jochebed, who was Moses' mother. And this is what we have to know about her. Exodus 2. Now a man of the house, Levi, married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. 
when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could, could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. She then placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister, Jacobed's daughter, stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went to the Nile to bathe. Her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket, Pharaoh's daughter, among the reeds and sent a slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother, Jacobed. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me. I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to the Pharaoh, she took him to the Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So Jacobin saw that this baby that she had had was a fine child. And at this time, the Egyptians were concerned that the Israel or not Israelites, the Hebrews were getting very strong, they were growing in numbers, and they were afraid they were going to be overtaken. And Pharaoh was concerned. So what does Pharaoh do? He orders for all of the boys that are born to be executed. All baby boys. They didn't want them around because he was he was scared. And Jochebed knew this. She was concerned. She had she had greater things for her son. She knew that God had greater things for her son. So she had two options. She could hide him and try to mother him and hopefully not get caught, which back then they could have all been the whole family could have been killed for. She could have given him up and had him killed like Pharaoh was wanting. Or she could do something else. So what does she do? The other, the something else that she does, does she placed him in a basket that she had made, put him in the river, hoping that he would have a better life, as Kenzie shared with us earlier. And so what happens? The Pharaoh's daughter is bathing. She sees this baby floating down the river, and she tells her, her, her slaves, go, go get that. What is that? And they open it up, and the baby's in there crying. And she has... She has remorse and pity on the child. (laughs) She felt bad. And she knew it was a Hebrew baby. And she knew what her dad, the Pharaoh, was doing to the Hebrew baby. So she said, I don't want this child to die. It's sweet and innocent. So something in her said, I'm going to keep it. She sends it off to get nursed and weaned. And a few years later, she takes him on as her own son. And I guess it's a really beautiful story of adoption. Because he then became the heir to the throne, being a part of Pharaoh's lineage. But God had better things and greater things in store. So with her keeping the baby and raising him, Jochebed did it God's way. She chose to give him a better life. She knew that if she kept him, he would die. So she gave him away for a better life. And she believed in a greater God. And she believed that Moses had a calling on, 
on his life that she could not provide him. She sacrificed and forwent her mothering responsibility to give her son a life that she would never know. So one of my biggest fears as a mom is losing, and as a wife, is losing Pastor Todd or one of my kiddos. That is one of my biggest fears. And I was told when I was growing up <laughs> that I was dedicated. My mom and dad told me, when, we, when you were born, we gave you back to God. And <laughs> my young childlike mind was like, why would you do that? <laughs> do you not love me? <laughs> I mean, you, you feed me, so something, I mean, y'all... You keep me around for some reason. <laughs> so um, I, it wasn't until I was older that that hurt and rejection I felt that was needless. Um, was, I was actually an act of obedience from my mom and dad. Like Kenzie and Ryan did this morning. They, they dedicated little Elton back to the Lord because they are acknowledging, Lord, you know better for this child than we do. And we are giving him to you, and we're asking you for guidance, and we're asking you for, for, um, for strength, because it's not our child, it's, he's, he's yours. So when I was facing these fears, um, even after we had dedicated our kiddos, <laughs> I went to Todd's grandparents, Wayne and Betty, and I said, do y'all, they have four children, and I said, do y'all ever get this fear of losing, or did you ever worry when you first became a parent about losing your child? And they're like, yeah, we did. Well, how did you deal with that? Because it's really bothering me, and I'm kind of not enjoying living in fear, which I think is from Satan, first of all. <laughs> and um, they said, well, we acknowledge that these children are not ours. They are on loan from God. And so that I was like, okay, that makes sense. And it took me back. My parents used to tell me that you're on loan from the Lord. You're not ours. And it made sense. It finally clicked. Oh, okay. <laughs> these beautiful children are not mine. They belong to God. And their life is in his hands, not mine. And I don't want them in my hands. I think I do sometimes. I want to control what happens to them, and I want to protect them. I want what's best for them. But even as much as I want what's best for them, God does. In Job one twenty one, it says, Naked I came into this world, came from my mother's room, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Job one twenty one. That scares me a little bit, I have to admit, because I like, I know my, I like my life to be a certain way. I want my life to be a certain way, and I want everything to be certain. I just want it to be in this little box with a bow wrapped on top. (laughs) But what if Jochebed had said that? What if Jochebed had taken matters into her own hands and not placed them in God's? What would have happened? Jochebed knew Moses was not hers. He was on loan from the Lord, whether it was a year or two to nurse and wean the baby, or whether it was a lifetime, or whether it was to give him up and trust him, which is what she did. What did God do with Moses? Well, after the Pharaoh's daughter had raised him, he, well, he was, he's really one of the most pivotal characters, in my opinion, of the whole Old Testament. 
He led the Hebrews out of, slaver, out of slavery from Egyptian rule. He led them. God appointed him to lead these people. God used him to go toe-to-toe with Pharaoh. Okay, could you imagine going toe-to-toe with Hitler? Saying, hey, Hitler, what you're doing is wrong. Stop persecuting and murdering these Jews. Could y'all do that? Y'all think y'all could do that? Or go toe-to-toe with Kim Jong-un? Be the ambassador for America. Does anyone want to sign up for that job? I don't want to do that. <laughs> that's, that's scary. <laughs> and that's a lot of pressure. And Moses, God used Moses to do that. That's the kind of character. That's the kind of lineage Jochebed fed into. That's what she gave, that legacy. God used her to do powerful things. Have y'all ever heard of the Ten Commandments? The reason we have those, God gave those to Moses. Moses was an ambassador. He was a leader. And God loved him. And God took care of him. Not Jochebed. God. God had plans. And Moses was able to do all of this because of her love for her son. So what does this mean for us? Number one. What are you holding on to that belongs to God? What, what is it that you need to place in the river and allow God to do with it what he needs, what he desires? Is it your church, or not your church, your finances, your job? I think of church because jo- church is our job <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I see it. But is it your job? Is it your family? Is it your finances? What is it that you need to put in the river? Because you're like, I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my rope. Jochebed was there. She was there with Moses. She saw this precious baby that had so much life, and she knew that he had a purpose, and she didn't know what to do. So she put it in God's hands. What is it that you're needing to put in God's hands? Number two, what are you giving up on? Are, are you needing to be patient with God because he's not answering your prayers fast enough? What if Jochebed gave up? What if she said, Pharaoh says that I need to execute my son, so here. That's what he said to do, so that I'll just be defeated. What if she had done that? What is it that you have that you are saying, I'm done? I'm not doing it anymore. Is there bitterness that you're holding on to that you need to give to God? Is there an answer? Is, is, it, is there something that you're facing with your health that you want to answer right now and you just can't get it? Jochebed did what she was supposed to do. She didn't give up. She persevered with the unknown. I can't imagine the fear that would have overcome her by putting that baby in the river. What if the basket sank? What if an alligator came across it? (laughs) What if it floated out into the ocean? You don't know. The fear that she could have gone through... But she trusted God. She believed in a higher power. She believed God had a purpose. And boy, did he. He had a purpose for Moses. We're going to go to a time of prayer. And I would really like, if, if you're facing something, we're going to have prayer partners up front and in the back. 
we strategically put them up in the front for those, um, well, because that's what we've always done. (laughs) But we also put them in the back because we don't want you to feel like, we don't want anything to keep you from coming up and asking for help. And we're not saying we have all the answers. We're not standing up here. Pastor Todd and I are not in front of you because we have it all figured out because believe me, we don't. We want to help you. And we've needed help before. We've We've gone to people for help. And that's what we're here for. That's what church family does. We go and stand in the gap for each other. We pray for each other. We lift one another up. Because we're all in this boat together. We're all in this life together trying to figure things out. So whatever it is that you're facing, please know that we're here and we want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for the awesome God you are. Lord, we thank you for the examples you've given us, like Jacobed, who who showed us how to sacrifice and what true trust in you means and what true trust in you can do. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I just pray for people who are here this morning, God. Lord, I just pray that you're working on hearts, God, and that you will allow us to leave this place changed. Lord, you know us. You know every person represented here. You know how many hairs we have on our head because you love us. That is how much you love us. And Lord, I just pray that people here, everyone here this morning will know how much they are loved. And if they don't have a mother that that has that figure, Lord, they know that they have a father, a heavenly father, Lord, who loves them dearly. Lord, we just thank you in your holy and precious name. Amen.